funny thing about when you when you counsel people that are struggling in a marriage or any communication situation, any relational situation, there's three sides to every story. His, hers, God's. Yeah. And I know the one I'm voting for. And he said, love never fails. Not about who's right. Matter of fact, in 2 Corinthians 5.18, it says that he has given us, all of us, the ministry of reconciliation. So we do have a job to do. It's to get it right. It's to reconcile. That means that, you know, for again, like he said in Colossians 3, forbearing with one another and forgiving one another, even as Christ forgave, so you forgive. Imagine if we all walked in that because love never fails. It'd be pretty powerful, wouldn't it? You know, and I used the, I used the, you know, and this is not my message, but but it seems to be what we're talking about right now. But you know, Joseph. I mean, Joseph wasn't sold into slavery by his enemies. It was his family. It was his family that, and so you know, so you know the story. He's sold into slavery for thirteen years, and then sixteen years later, they're coming to his house to get food. And he's thinking, wait till they show up here. Now's my payback time. No, he never even thought that. Never even entered his mind. David, David's out looking after a few sheep and totally ignored by his father and all of his brothers. Not even acknowledged as a son when Samuel came to anoint a king. But he didn't get bitter. He killed a lion. He killed a bear. He did his assignment. And then even when Saul chased him all over, all over the Middle East, and he had opportunity after opportunity to get him to stick it to him, he didn't do it. He said, who am I to touch God's anointed? So then, then when you read Acts 13, 22, and you see where God says, David is a man after my own heart, it's about walking in love. It's about walking in forgiveness. It's about Keeping that right, that relationship right. So let's go to um, let's go to Ephesians chapter three. And again, this is you know one of the two prayers that Paul taught us in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians one, receiving wisdom and revelation, knowledge, and as you understand, being illuminated and all that. Then he gets into chapter three. And he says something in verse 10. He said, to the intent that now, he's doing something in the church. Everybody say now. now. We're not waiting anymore. Now. We're having revival now. God's glory is being poured out now. Signs and wonders and miracles are happening now. We're not putting it off in the future anymore. We're seizing the day. Carpe diem, grab the day. Hallelujah. Today is the day of salvation. Today. It's right, happening right now. But anyway, he said, to the intent that now, everybody say now, now. right now, onto the principalities and powers in the spirit realm might be made known by the church. He decided to defeat his enemy with the church. To the intent that now until the principalities and powers might be made known by the church, the manifold wisdom of God according to his eternal purpose, which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, and in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by faith of him 
boldness and access with confidence. Boldness and access with confidence by faith of him. And that he said, that's the reason, Paul said, that's the reason we bow our knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I just want to worship him, see his face. Why? Because he inhabits the praises of his people? Yes. But when you worship him and worship him in spirit and in truth, you go from the holy place into the holy of holies where he said you could come boldly onto that throne room of grace where you have a private audience with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And you can go there anytime. You can go there anytime. I like what James was talking about, Pastor Paul teaching them during praise and worship. James, this circle right here, you're in it and it's just you and God. That, that's, that's it though. Because when you do that and you forget about everybody that's around you, hey, I didn't come. I'm glad to see you. I'd love to talk with you before or after. But right now, I'm here to make contact with God. Hallelujah. And if pastor's speaking, make sure he's speaking the word of God because I don't want to hear from him. Right? You want to hear from God, God's word. It's the truth and the knowledge of the truth. The more truth you know, the freer you get. And so I believe that every time we get together, there's a new note of freedom, a new, a new place to go in God. A new place to go. Nothing else matters anyway. Hallelujah. When you've been around a while, you realize that stuff doesn't matter. We live in a nice home, but I could live in a not-so-nice home and just be, as, just be as happy as I am right now because I realize that stuff doesn't do it. What, ha- what, what, what really does it for me is relationships. What really does it for me is having some friends and knowing God, right? All the other stuff is just all the other stuff. And people that think the other stuff is what's going to make you happy, check out some of the people that got all the other stuff and see how miserable they are. Committing suicide. I mean, suicide went up 800% since last March. 800%. That's a lot of unhappy people. And we are blessed beyond measure. We're so blessed. Rob L. sent me a text the other day showing me how much money the Dead Sea is worth. I forget how many gazillion trillion dollars it's worth. But when I was reading it, I'm thinking... That's mine. Any man be in Christ, he's Abraham's seed and heirs of the promise. I'm not going to go over to get it, but I sure enjoyed swimming in it. But it's mine. It's yours. How do you know that? Because you're an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus. You're a joint heir with Jesus. The only limit that he has on him is what you put on him. He could turn your whole world around in 24 hours. He doesn't need a long time. In matter of fact, he'll do whatever you can believe him for tonight. Tonight. He'll do it tonight. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believing you receive them, they'll be dumped on you, delivered to you. He's not the one holding anything back. He's not holding anything back. You just have to push through. It's a fight of faith. Grab a hold of those exceeding great and precious promises and don't back off. Don't back off or anything. And stay in love because love never fails. Anyway, we're trying to get through chapter 3 here, right? Yeah. So, so he said, we bow our knees unto the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family, heaven and earth is named, that he would grant unto you according to, 
I think five times in the New Testament, it says, according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. According to doesn't mean out of. According to means, according to your faith, be it unto you. According to means, how much can you believe me for? According to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. But then he says that you would be strengthened with might by his spirit. Where? In the inner man. So the source of, of your strength doesn't come with, from without. It comes from within. And it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. We, we, we need to tap into this tonight that you'd be strengthened with might by his spirit in your inner man. Come on. When you get that strength in your inner man, your outer man has to line up. How long will it take? Well, how long do you have? You know, just keep pushing. If you're believing God for healing in your body, just keep getting up every day and rejoicing. Just keep getting up and thinking. If you're having struggle with finances, say, thank you, Lord. You supply all of my need. <laughs> According to not out of, according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Come on, come on. It's all yours. It's all belongs to you. He didn't do anything for himself. He didn't need to do anything for himself. Everything that he did, he did for you. I know that for his pleasure you were created. He had the pleasure of being able to bless you. Why do you think in Matthew 6, 9, the disciples say, hey, teach us how to pray. And he said, pray, pray like this. He didn't say pray that prayer, but he said pray like this. Our Father, my dad. I've been refathered. When I got born again, I got refathered. Adam is no longer my father. All the stuff I got from Adam doesn't belong to me anymore. What came in Christ is what belongs to me. The second Adam, the last Adam, Corinthians 15 calls him, brought my stuff, brought what I have. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So where was I going with that? Help me. With might by his spirit. In your inner man, that strength in your inner man is where the source. And think about it in Romans eight eleven. He said it's the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, dwelling in you and making alive your mortal body. There's n there's no limit as long as you can believe it. He said he said you know he said if you just believe me, the more you can believe me, the f the the more you can the further you can go. So he said here, he says uh, that you'd be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ would dwell in your heart. How? By faith. By faith. That Christ. Will, okay. So again, it's Katoi Kisi, and I like to point it out all the time. He, he, when he moved into your heart, he's trying to throw your old stuff out. No, you get that old comfortable chair. It's got to go. He didn't want you comfortable, but he's got some new stuff. He's got new stuff for you, but he's got to get rid of the old stuff before you can put in the new stuff. So he wants to take a bunch of your stuff and put it at the curb. He wants all, all your doubt and your unbelief to go to the curb. Come on, we found out in Exodus chapter 17 that you'll fight Amalek. You'll fight doubt for the rest of your life. Well, take it to the curb every day. Take it to the curb. You're going to choose what you're going to believe any, any particular day. You can believe your circumstances. You can believe the Word of God. I choose. Yes. Come on, it's a, it's a, it's a no-brainer. Just choose the Word of God. So he said that Christ would dwell in your heart by faith.
Katoi Kisi come in and make himself at home and begin to rearrange. Now, he'd been trying to rearrange some of your furniture for a long time. You keep nailing it to the floor. This is my old familiar. Exactly. Old and familiar. Old and familiar. It's time to do some new things. Time to do some new things, to get some new results by doing some new things. Christ dwelling in your heart by faith. And then he said, you're going to be rooted. You're going to put down roots. Because the fruit in your life comes from the root in your life. We found out last week, we looked at that and how, how you know, I think it's, well, I know it's in Proverbs that, that the fruit of righteousness, the fruit of righteousness, when you think about the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, temperance. That comes out of the root. You're trying to produce this fruit, but if you get a wrong root, like in Hebrews chapter 12, it says you could have a root of bitterness. And so you're trying hard to walk in love, but this bitterness just keeps coming up and coming up. Maybe we ought, can we just come back here? Well, let's go to Corinthians chapter 13 for a minute. Because when you look at Corinthians chapter 13, he, he's writing on love. You look at Hebrews chapter 11, he's writing on faith. There's a couple of chapters in the Bible that he dedicated to one thing or another. And faith works by, faith works by knowing that you're Loved. Yeah. And so the two of them are connect, connected. As a matter of fact, he said, these three abide, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love, because love, because love is the love is the end and faith is the means. You learn how to love by faith, right? Come on, you can think of some people that you'd really need to love by faith, because in the natural you couldn't really be all that thrilled with them. Anyway, uh, Corinthians chapter 13, I wasn't going to go there, but we might as well go there now. We're on our way, right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. So again, my wife had been praying this over me for years. I just started praying it over myself a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I realized it wasn't working all that well for her. She needed some help. <laughs> No, you notice that Paul the Apostle had to talk, had to write this chapter because of his personality type. John just ran around saying, oh, I'm the disciple that Jesus loved. He had no problem with love, agape love. Matter of fact, he wrote about it in, in four books of the Bible. But Paul, on the other hand, talked about grace all the time because he needed it. Because his love walk had not been perfected. Can we, I'm not judging the guy. I'm just telling you what you, it's, it's, it's in his book, right? So anyway, so he gets to chapter 13 and he sandwiches this in here because he really enjoyed the power gifts and, and stuff like that. And you could whip him, beat him, knock him to the curb. You could throw him down. He'd say, cast down, but not forsaken. <laughs> right? Knocked down, not destroyed. <laughs> These light afflictions, which are but for a moment, are nothing. Like he was a warrior. Come on, that guy was a warrior. And uh, so, so, but anyway, he put this in here. And uh, I think he put it in for Nancy, actually. But, but, uh, <laughs> no, she can pray it right off. Like she, she, she could just, why don't you just grab the microphone and pray it over me right now? 
show them how it works, baby. Show them how it works. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Thank you, Lord. Aha. <laughs> uh -huh. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. You don't you, need Lord. to look at that book now. You just Gary is patient and kind. <laughs> Never envious. Never boils over with jealousy. <laughs> not boastful or vainglorious. Doesn't display himself haughtily. He's not conceited or arrogant, inflated with pride, not rude or unmannerly. Doesn't act unbecomingly. Doesn't insist on his own rights or own ways. He's not self-seeking, touchy, fretful, or resentful. He takes no account of the evil done to him. Pays no attention to a suffering wrong. Thank you, Lord. He rejoices when right and truth prevails and bears up under anything and everything that comes and always thinks the best of others. His love never fails, never fades out, never becomes obsolete or comes to an end. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Uh -huh. <laughs> Not being glorious. That's the amplifier. <laughs> yeah, but she just, yeah, so all that stuff. But the conclusion of the matter is love wins all the time. And I noticed with this particular I hope they don't watch us on live stream. Glory to God, I'm talking about their marriage. <laughs> it's out there a little bit. But, you know, lots of times, you know, when you're upset with somebody, how about you? How about you? I'll talk to you and, and you and you and you and you and you. Talk to you. Okay. Like, like when Paul does something, notice I said when. <laughs> Being a human being, we got stuff from Adam that we're still working through the stuff, right? Our first father gave us some stuff we really didn't want, and so we're working through that. But I mean, it, it, when he's when when he's upset, when you're upset with him, you don't withhold affection, right? You just love him the same way that you would whether he was when he was doing everything right, right? Yeah, but you don't get bitter. You don't seek revenge. Right? And so, <laughs> no, but I mean, these are things that we're working through, Sharon. <laughs> you know, I tell you, when you get to a place, and again, I always say forgiveness is a gift you give yourself. Because when you finally forgive that person, yeah. they lose their power to hurt you anymore. Yes. When their name comes up in your heart, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. And, and really, that is, that's why love never fails, because there's such freedom in not having anything against anyone. Right. And, you know, and again, Psalm 119, verse 165, Great peace have they that love your word, nothing shall offend them. They can't get offended. I'm telling you, when you can't get offended, I realized one day that, that the crucifixion was a group shot. We know that the Last Supper was a group shot. We don't know how they got them all on one side of the table for the picture. But, but, <laughs> but, but we know that the crucifixion was a group, group shot because of what Paul said. Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ. You're lying. You weren't there. Yeah, he was because he understood that it was a group photograph. When he died, I died. When he rose again, I rose again. Hallelujah. That's what happened. And, and that's why he said, I've been crucified. I no longer live a life in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who gave his life for me. I live Ephesians 2 6. I'm seated in a heavenly place in Christ. And as long as I stay in my seat, I win every time. It's when I get up out of my seat and get in my flesh, trouble starts. 
Or then I need to remember Luke 21, 19, in my patience, I possess my soul. So I'm believing God for some things that some things take a little while. Some things seem to take a long time. I'm sure that the last two years with Joseph sitting in that jail cell, the, my Bible says that his ankles and his wrists were hurt with fetters of iron. He wasn't just sitting in, like he wasn't in some country club somewhere. He was in jail, baby. He was in jail. And yet, and yet he stayed in love. And that's why do you think God chose him to be the leader of Egypt? He saw something in that kid when he was 17 years old that nobody else could see. He knew that he could take what needed to be done so that God could use him to that level. So lots of times when you're going through things, remember that. Remember that he's got a great purpose in your life, and the purpose could be upon you tonight. And it's not about age. We looked at people 80 years old. We looked at Caleb was 85 years old when he finally went into the promise. It's got nothing to do with age or IQ. It's got to do with, am I faithful? Am I doing those little things right? Am I remaining? Am I, do I have my believer hooked up to my speaker? Am I continuing to believe God and talk right? Making sure that I'm talking right. Making sure that I don't, when I am, when I get discouraged, never happens to you. When I get discouraged, I need to make sure that I keep my mouth shut. <laughs> Matter of fact, Proverbs 30 says, put a hand over your, put a guard over your mouth before you speak that negative thing. Because I realize that there's two spirits waiting for my voice. One is God and the other one is the devil. And neither one of them can do very much without my say so. That's the way he, I know he's sovereign, but he set it up in such a way. He said, all authority has been given back unto me. Go ye, therefore. In other words, I, I'm, the authority that Adam lost, I got it back, and now I'm giving it to you. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I set before you this day, life and death, blessing, cursing. Choose life, words of life, that you and your seed may live. Am I talking life or am I talking death? Am I loving people or trying to drag them down? Because I found out this a long time ago. If I'm trying to drag you down, there's something wrong with me. We found that out when they, in Mark 4 when they crossed the lake. God, God, Jesus said, let's go to the other side because he wanted to reveal something in the storm. He, in the storm, he wanted them to show that they were filled with fear. This pandemic that started back last March, that's what it revealed to the church. The church was full of fear instead of faith. But that's not a con condemning thing. That's okay. I need to get me some faith. Yeah. I need to get me some faith. Now, I just read today that the, 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 the pandemic uh, the, the, has gone down 50% all over the world. They can't explain it. Well, they can't explain how it started either. But, but I know this, that all the, all the gods of this world died. <laughs> all the sports of it, like everything. You, you, like, you know, and so, so it gave us a chance to do some introspection. Realize, hey, you know what? What is really important to me now? What's important to me now is different than it was a year ago. Hallelujah. I mean, just being able to get on a plane to go somewhere would just, just, you know, it's not just getting on the bus now. It would be something really, really important. Like, wow, we get to, come on, there's, I've got grandkids I haven't seen in a year and a half. 
Oh, yeah, you can FaceTime. Thank God for the modern technology, but it doesn't work well for me. Anyway, so where were we? Oh, yeah, we were still in Ephesians 3. Love never fails. Love wins all the time. That's all you need to know about love is love wins all the time. And you need to know 1 John 8 and 13 and 15 and all that where he said God is love. Then you need to know 1 John 4, 18, where he said that there is no fear in love because mature love casts out fear. He that's in fear is not made perfect in love. God loves me. Just do this. God loves me. He said, you're the apple of his eye. That's like the pupil. You know why he uses apple? It's a pupil. Like what would you do to protect the pupil of your eye? And that's what he's saying. He's saying, you're like that to me. He said, nobody going to poke me in the eye, right? Amen. Okay. <laughs> so he says, you'll be rooted and grounded in love, putting down roots. Maybe we should go, maybe, are you back there in Ephesians 3? Yeah, rooted and grounded. And again, it's the word rizu, R-H-I-Z-O-O, and it means to cause to take root. And the roots that you put down in how much God loves you, again, produces the fruit on the branches. See, because you can't produce love, joy, peace, long suffering. You can't do that, but you can bear that. The, you know, he's, again, John 15, 7, if you abide in me, and abiding is not, are, are you mildly acquainted? <laughs> right? Like I abide with Nancy. We live together. We're together all, really, really more than most, all the time. That's why she prays Ephesians 13 so much. Colossians 13, rather. <laughs> are you still here? <laughs> <laughs> 35 years and counting. Yep. <laughs> Pay no attention to a suffering wrong. That's what she prays over me. I don't know if she means that I'm a suffering wrong, but it's the way that she looks at me when she says it causes me to feel a little twinge of something, Joan. I don't know what that would be, but <laughs> rooted and grounded in love and able to comprehend with all the saints. This is, this, is what, this is what we need to get a hold of, able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, the height, to know the love of Christ that passes brain by, come on, head bypass operation right here, right? That passes all understanding, rooted and grounded and able to comprehend how big it is, the breadth, the length, the depth, the height, to know the love of Christ that passes, his love passes knowledge. And when you get a hold of how much he loves you, you will be filled with the fullness of God. And then if that isn't enough, he goes on and says, and he is powerful to do, able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think. Exceedingly abundantly. Hooper Perezzo. Hooper means over, and Perezzo means a river flooding its banks. The river's going. Once the river gets past the banks, the river goes wherever it wants. 
like the river that's of the Spirit of God that's moving in this nation is going to go into every house. You can sandbag it and try to keep it out. No, you can't keep it out. The river's going to go where the river wants to go because the river is so powerful. Do you think what the devil just did over this past few months is, look, the river of God. Hallelujah. Coming out from the throne of God and out of your belly flows rivers of living water. You haven't seen. You haven't seen. You don't even know what's going on in in the metamorphosis of your life. You don't even see it yet. You don't see it yet. But I'm telling you, it's happening. The church's finest hour is is upon us. It's not a time of defeat. It's a time of I'll shake everything that can be shaken so that the things that can't be shaken will remain. The gold and the silver are mind, saith the Lord, and the glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former host, says the Lord of hosts, the Lord of armies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, when that army starts moving, you better get in. A little one go chase a thousand. Come on, two of you put 10,000 to flight. Come on, come on. This is big. <laughs> come on, come on. Where's Aston? I'm doing Aston's. Come on, come on tonight. <laughs> How do we influence one another? A lot, a lot. <laughs> Hallelujah. Cause to take root. Cause to take root, rooted and grounded in love. Mm. He's powerful to do exceedingly, abundantly. Come on, exceedingly. Now, what's your pea brain been thinking? Ex- exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could even ask or think. You can't even think it up. According to the power where? At work within. There's a power working within you right now. Mm. Working in you right now. There's a metamorphosis taking place right now. He said in 2 Corinthians 3.18, I will change you. From glory to glory. I'm changing you right now. You might be in the gap between one glory and another glory, and it's not comfortable for you. You might have stepped out into that nowhere man place. You might have stepped out where it's it's troublesome to be there. But that doesn't matter because you know that with the change, hallelujah, comes the growth. I'm growing. When I'm changing, I'm growing. If I'm not changing, I'm not growing. I'm staying the same. I don't want to be the same person I was last year or the year before. I want new. His mercies are new every morning. Hallelujah. Great is his faithfulness. And maybe we'll close. How are we doing? Oh, I can't. We're doing lots of time. Don't even look at your clock. Okay. Let's go to James chapter 1. No. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 13. Because we remember what Paul the Apostle said in, in Philippians chapter 4. He said, don't be anxious for anything. That means, especially that means in prayer. Did you know that he doesn't hear those anxiety prayers and those fear-filled prayers? He doesn't hear those. How do I know that? Because Hebrews eleven six 6 says, without faith, it's impossible. It doesn't say it's highly unlikely. It says it's impossible. So I can cry and pray and moan and groan and do all that. And he's not listening. Because the just shall live by faith. So when he says be anxious for nothing or don't be worried about anything, he says, and then he'll tell you how. He said, "But, but in everything with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, 
See, if you're worried, you're not going to give thanks. If you're worried, you're not sure he heard you. With thanksgiving, let make your request be made known unto God, and then you, not him, you, you have to let the peace of God rule in you. You get to choose what rules in your heart, anxiety or peace. He said, you let the peace of God rule in your heart. Mm. Be anxious for nothing. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. <sighs> Hallelujah. Let the peace rule. And then he gets down to verse 11 and he says, in all things I have learned to be content. He learned contentment in that same chapter, chapter 4, 11, Philippians 4, 11. He said, I had to learn to be content because in my natural man, it was not so. But I got it. Then we get over to Hebrews chapter 13 here. In verse 5, he says, let your conversation with be, out, be without covetousness. In other words, I'm not after things, I'm after him. And then, and then he goes on to say, and again, this, these verses should be so familiar to you. And when you hear them, if you're thinking, oh, he already preached this, no, you need to hear it again if that's what you think. Because if you heard it and really liked it, you want to hear it again and again and again. Yeah. He said, he said, don't get covetous. Why? Because it'll poison you anyways. It'll poison you anyways. You'll be chasing after the wrong stuff. He says, and be content with such things as you have. Why? Because he has said, he has said, I will never leave you. Come on, this is good news. Nor forsake you. So you can never say you're alone either. God, the creator of the universe, said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Powerful truth. And then the next verse says, so that we may boldly say. There's a boldness that comes on you when you know who you are in Christ. There's a steadfastness that comes on you when you know who you are in Christ. You're steadfast and unmovable and abounding in the work of the Lord because you know that your labor's not in vain in the Lord. Come on, there's that stability that comes and a boldness that comes. He said, so that we can boldly say, if God be for me, what can a man do unto me? That's, that's Psalm 27 as well. God is on my side, I will not fear. What can a man do unto me? The answer is absolutely nothing. Because he said, I have learned how to be Verse 5, be content. Contentment produces courage. Contentment produces faith and patience and hope and humility. It's all of that. It's so powerful that when David came back to Sickleg in Psalm 112 and found his, well, it's actually in Samuel chapter 30, he comes home and he finds his house burned down with fire and his family kidnapped. And what does he do? Does he threaten it? He, the Bible says he cried until he had no more power to weep. But then, what did he do? He encouraged himself in the Lord by writing Psalm 110, 111, and 112. Psalm 112 says, come on, he said, blessed is the man. Blessed is the man that fears God and walks in righteousness. His, his seed, what does it say? His, let's go to Psalm 112. We'll come right back here. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. His house will be filled with riches or something like that. Can I read it? Hallelujah. 
Blessed is the man that fears the Lord and delights greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty. He's saying his seed shall be mighty on the earth when he doesn't even know where his kids are. I mean, there's people here, you know, and people watching live stream. Your kids might be out on drugs right now. You don't know what they're doing right now. But this is what you say. This is Deuteronomy 30, 19. Speaking a blessing on them and not a curse over them. And believe, and believe in God. He said, I set before you this day life and blessing, death and cursing. You choose life. You always choose to speak life. Life and death. Bleth, death and life, rather, in the power of the tongue. They literally eat the fruit of it. So, so here he says here, he said, wealth and riches will be in his house. And he's standing in the ashes after the fire. He's standing in the ashes after the fire. What's his plan? Another house. And not only that, not only that, it's going to be better than the last one. Wealth and riches will be in my house. My righteousness in you endures forever. Okay, let's go back to back to Hebrews thirteen then, and James one. So in verse six of Hebrews thirteen, so that we might boldly say, "The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me." James and you drop right down to James chapter one, and verse two, where he says, "And my brethren," so he's talking to the church. My brethren, count it all joy. In other words, trouble may come, but trouble is my teacher. Trouble is something that may come, but it won't overcome. I'll overcome trouble because when a storm comes, it only reveals what's in my heart. And, and so that I can make the adjustment. So he said, count it all joy, my brethren, when you fall into. It wasn't planned. When you fall into diverse temptations, tests, and trials, knowing that the trial of your faith works what? Patience. And when patience has had its perfect work, you'll be what? Complete, entire, and lacking in nothing. When you go through things, you need to know that you're going through. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You don't camp out there. You don't build a house there. You go through. Why? Because you are with me. He's, come on, David said, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Come on, you caused me to lie down in green pastures beside still waters. And so my expectation is always that I may boldly say, God is on my side. I will not fear because fear is your only enemy. Fear is the only enemy of mankind, period, and over and out. I mean, what happened with Adam? Adam, when Adam... When Adam got disgruntled with his situation and started to complain that he didn't, that God had not supplied him with everything instead of recognizing what he had, when he allowed himself to get bitter, he got taken from that perfect environment. But the first thing that happened when he disobeyed God was he ran and hid because he was feeling shame, because he was feeling guilt and condemnation. And God comes to him, knowing, knowing exactly where he is all the time. God says, Adam, where are you? Really, he would say, Adam, why are you where you are? He said, I found myself exposed. I found my, myself naked, and I hid because I was afraid. And, that, and that's why whenever Jesus would appear, again, Jesus, if you want to know what God is like, Jesus said in John 14, 9, if you have seen me, you've seen the Father. So if you saw Jesus do it in the New Testament, you know God did it in the Old Testament. But lots of what happened in the Old Testament had nothing to do with God. It had to do with laws. 
the law of gravity is in place right here. I mean, I know I can supersede it with, you know, aer aerodynamics, thrust and lift and all that. But if I was to just ca carelessly walk along here and miss these two steps and land on my head, would you say New Covenant Ministries Church hurt me? Or would you, but, but this is what the Old Testament, the Old Testament, well, God did this and God did that. No, the law did it. You broke the law and the law got you. It's like people going to hell. The only way you get there is you choose. I mean, his, my, my, my Bible says he told Paul, I'm not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Amen. Hallelujah. So count it all joy, knowing that whatever's happening, it's, it's revealing it's like that storm on the lake, it revealed their fear. But sometimes you might be pleasantly surprised when it reveals your faith. <laughs> because faith and fear are just polar opposites, but they're really the same. Fear is believing anything that can go wrong will go wrong, and faith is believing, my God. My God's going to show up in the middle of all this. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. We're done. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.